Today is the 30th day of January. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is wonderful to have the opportunity to gather together around the global campfire and uh, just enter this place of peace and serenity and allow the scriptures to wash over us and into us. I am so grateful for this community and this place that we create each and every day. And so let's do what we do every day, which is to take the next step forward together. We are pretty well enmeshed in the book of Exodus at this point. A showdown is happening. God is uh, desiring to set his people free. People that began with Abraham, Isaac, then Jacob, who was Israel, and then Israel had children, the children of Israel. Joseph was one of those children who was taken into slavery in Egypt, but as things turned around, Joseph became second in command of all of Egypt, which brought the household to Egypt, 70 people. But now 400 years have passed and those 70 people have turned into a multitude. A great and mighty people that have uh, made the, the Egyptians nervous. And so they have enslaved the Israelites. And then we met Moses. And God calls Moses to go back to the land that he came from, the land of Egypt. And set his people free. And there's been a lot of twists and turns along the way, and we've gone through them all, but that's where we are. Now Moses and Aaron are confronting Pharaoh regularly, and plagues are descending upon the land. And things have gotten beyond what the magicians of Egypt can replicate. And so now people are taking notice, like, this is the finger of the Almighty God. This isn't a trick. But Pharaoh's not convinced. And that's where we pick up the story. Exodus 10, verse 1 through 12, verse 13 today. The Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants in order to display these things of mine before him. And in order that in the hearing of your son and your grandson you may tell how I made fools of the Egyptians and about my signs that I displayed among them so that you may know that I am the Lord. So Moses and Aaron came to Pharaoh and told him, This is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has said. How long do you refuse to humble yourself before me? Release my people so that they may serve me. But if you refuse to release my people, I am going to bring locusts into your territory tomorrow. They will cover the surface of the earth so that you will be unable to see the ground. They will eat the remainder of what escaped, what is left over for you from the hail, and they will eat every tree that grows for you from the field. They will fill your houses the houses of your servants and all the houses of Egypt, 
such as neither your fathers nor your grandfathers have seen since they have been in the land until this day. Then Moses turned and went out from Pharaoh. Pharaoh's servants said to him, How long will this man be a menace to us? Release the people so they may serve the Lord their God. Do you not know that Egypt is destroyed? So Moses and Aaron were brought back to Pharaoh, and he said to them, Go, serve the Lord your God. Exactly who is going with you? Moses said, We will go with our young and our old. With our sons and our daughters, and with our sheep and our cattle we will go, because we are to hold a pilgrim feast for the Lord. He said to them, The Lord will need to be with you, If I release you and your dependents, watch out, trouble is right in front of you. No, go, you men only, and serve the Lord, for that is what you want. Then Moses and Aaron were driven out of Pharaoh's presence. The Lord said to Moses, Extend your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts that they may come up over the land of Egypt and eat everything that grows on the ground, everything that the hail has left. So Moses extended his staff over the land of Egypt, and then the Lord brought an east wind on the land all that day and all night. The morning came, and the east wind had brought up the locusts. The locusts went up over all the land of Egypt and settled down in all the territory of Egypt. It was very severe. There had been no locusts like them before, nor will there be such ever again. They covered the surface of all the ground so that the ground became dark with them, and they ate all the vegetation of the ground and all the fruit of the trees that the hail had left. Nothing green remained on the trees or on anything that grew in the fields throughout the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh quickly summoned Moses and Aaron and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. So now forgive my sin this time only and pray to the Lord your God that he would only take this death away from me. Moses went out from Pharaoh and prayed to the Lord And the Lord turned a very strong west wind, and it picked up the locusts and blew them into the Red Sea. Not one locust remained in all the territory of Egypt. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not release the Israelites. The Lord said to Moses, Extend your hand toward heaven, so that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt a darkness so thick it can be felt. So Moses extended his hand toward heaven, and there was absolute darkness throughout the land of Egypt for three days. No one could see another person, and no one could rise from his place for three days. But the Israelites had light in the places where they lived. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and said, Go, serve the Lord. Only your flocks and herds will be detained. Even your families may go with you. Moses said, 
Will you also provide us with sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may present them to the Lord our God? Our livestock must also go with us. Not a hoof is to be left behind, for we must take these animals to serve the Lord our God. Until we arrive there, we do not know what we must use to serve the Lord. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he was not willing to release them. Pharaoh said to them, Go from me. Watch out for yourself. Do not appear before me again, for when you see my face, you will die. Moses said, As you wish, I will not see your face again. The Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. After that, he will release you from this place. When he releases you, he will drive you out completely from this place. Instruct the people that each man and each woman is to request from his or her neighbor items of silver and gold. Now the Lord granted the people favor with the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, respected by Pharaoh's servants and by the Egyptian people. Moses said, This is what the Lord has said. About midnight I will go throughout Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt will die, from the firstborn son of Pharaoh who sits on his throne to the firstborn son of the slave girl who is at her hand mill and all the firstborn of the cattle. There will be a great cry throughout the whole land of Egypt such as there has never been nor ever will be again. But against any of the Israelites, not even a dog will bark against either people or animals, so that you may know that the Lord distinguishes between Egypt and Israel. All these your servants will come down to me and bow down to me, saying, Go, you and all the people who follow you, and after that I will go out. Then Moses went out from Pharaoh in great anger. The Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you, so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. So Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he did not release the Israelites from his land. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month is to be your beginning of months. It will be your first month of the year. Tell the whole community of Israel, on the tenth day of this month, they each must take a lamb for themselves according to their families, a lamb for each household, if any household is too small for a lamb, the man and his next-door neighbor are to take a lamb according to the number of people. You will make your count for the lamb according to how much each one can eat. Your lamb must be perfect, a male, one year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You must care for it until the fourteenth day of this month, and then the whole community of Israel will kill it around sundown. 
They will take some of the blood and put it on the two side posts and top of the door frame of the houses where they will eat. They will eat the meat the same night. They will eat it roasted over the fire with bread made without yeast and with bitter herbs. Do not eat it raw or boiled in water, but roast it over the fire with its head, its legs, and its entrails. You must leave nothing until morning, but you must burn with fire whatever remains of it until morning. This is how you are to eat it. Dressed to travel, your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand. You are to eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. I will pass through the land of Egypt in the same night, and I will attack all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both of humans and of animals, and on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, so that when I see the blood I will pass over you, and this plague will not fall on you to destroy you when I attack the land of Egypt. Matthew 20, 1-28 For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard, and after agreeing with the workers for the standard wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When it was about nine o'clock in the morning, he went out again and saw others standing around in the marketplace without work. He said to them, You go into the vineyard too, and I will give you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and three o'clock that afternoon, he did the same thing. And about five o'clock that afternoon, he went out and found others standing around and said to them, Why are you standing here all day without work? They said to him, Because no one hired us. He said to them, You go and work in the vineyard too. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, Call the workers and pay them their wages, starting with the last hired until the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each received a full day's pay. And when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more. But each one also received the standard wage. When they received it, they began to complain against the landowner, saying, These last fellows worked one hour. And you have made them equal to us who bore the hardship and burning heat of the day. And the landowner replied to one of them, Friend, I am not treating you unfairly. Didn't you agree with me to work for the standard wage? Take what is yours and go. I want to give this last man the same as I gave to you. Am I not permitted to do what I want with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first last. As Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve aside privately and said to them on the way, Look, we are going up to Jerusalem, 
and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the experts in the law. They will condemn him to death and will turn him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged severely and crucified. Yet on the third day he will be raised. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to him with her sons, and kneeling down she asked him for a favor. He said to her, What do you want? She replied, Permit these two sons of mine to sit, one at your right hand, and one at your left hand in your kingdom. Jesus answered, You don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup I am about to drink? They said to him, We are able. He told them, You will drink my cup, but to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to give. Rather, it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my Father. Now when the other ten heard this, they were angry with the two brothers. But Jesus called them and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those in high positions use their authority over them. It must not be this way among you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Psalm 25, 1-15 By David O Lord, I come before you in prayer. My God, trust in you. Please do not let me be humiliated. Do not let my enemies triumphantly rejoice over me. Certainly none who rely on you will be humiliated. Those who deal in treachery will be thwarted and humiliated. Make me understand your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me into your truth and teach me for you are the God who delivers me. On you I rely all day long. Remember your compassionate and faithful deeds, O Lord, for you have always acted in this manner. Do not hold against me the sins of my youth or my rebellious acts. Because you are faithful to me, extend to me your favor, O Lord. The Lord is both kind and fair. That is why he teaches sinners the right way to live. May he show the humble what is right. May he teach the humble his way. The Lord always proves faithful and reliable to those who follow the demands of his covenant. For the sake of your reputation, O Lord, forgive my sin, because it is great. The Lord shows his faithful followers the way they should live. They experience his favor. Their descendants inherit the land. The Lord's loyal followers receive his guidance and he reveals his covenantal demands to them. 
I continually look to the Lord for help, for he will free my feet from the enemy's net. Proverbs 6, 6 6-11 Go to the ant, you sluggard. Observe her ways and be wise. It has no commander, overseer, or ruler. Yet it would prepare its food in the summer. It gathered at the harvest what it will eat. How long, you sluggard, will you lie there? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to relax, and your poverty will come like a robber, and your need like an armed man. Okay, so we have navigated our way in the book of Exodus all the way to the precipice of of freedom for this enslaved Israelite population. Egypt has been destroyed by plague after plague after plague, each increasing in intensity, each very, very clearly showing the hand of God and the distinction that he is making between the Israelites, his people, and the people of Egypt, not because he hates the people of Egypt, because their faith is in what is false and you can bet they are crying out to their gods to take these plagues away and it's not happening and people are respecting Moses but they're respecting God God's name is being elevated among the Egyptian population the fear of the Lord is descending over the population but Pharaoh believing that he has supernatural powers and is descended from deity himself cannot submit himself to a god that's invading his land and so we hear that god is hardening pharaoh's heart and we read that like pharaoh doesn't have a choice in the matter this is his destiny but when we think of hardening hearts we need to think about how our hearts get hardened and if somebody just shows up and starts telling us what to do and how we should do everything and how we must submit and how we must obey we will probably resist against that and we may even dig in our heels and say I will not do that And our heart has become hardened to the situation. We will not move in that direction. At any point, this whole thing could have been called off. In fact, it didn't have to happen. The people could have just been set free to begin with. But that would radically have changed Egypt and its economy. And there are all kinds of implications to letting a whole slave population go free. And the increasing intensity of the plagues have made it clear that there isn't a choice in the matter. One way or the other, God is leading his people out of slavery in Egypt. 
And so we see the institution of, well, the instructions for Passover to gather together and have this meal. And so they're painting the blood of the animals over the doorposts of their homes, marking themselves as God's people under a covenant protected by God for God's purposes, which are to reveal God to all the nations of the world, protected by God and prepared to walk into their freedom. Ironically, it's Passover when we come into the Jesus story and we're not that far actually from experiencing this for the first time in the Gospel of Matthew. And it's Passover time. And through the death of Jesus, all are led into freedom. And then we turn over into the book of Matthew. And it was a couple of days ago where a question was posed to Jesus about who is the greatest in the kingdom, the goat. Who's the goat in the kingdom of God? And then Jesus uses a series of teachings and examples that lead us all the way today to where he explicitly answers the question. But he uses children as the example, the, the innocence, the humility, the wonder of a child. And he warns very gravely against anyone who would steal that innocence away. Not only from a child, we would all agree that stealing the innocence from a child is a horrible thing, a horribly abusive thing to do. But by way of expanding that, Jesus expands it to those who believe in him. Anyone who steals the innocence and wonder and awe away from a believer, woe to that person. But in today's reading, the issue kind of comes up again. Like, who is where in the hierarchy of authority and closeness to God? Jesus takes his disciples aside. He's on his way to Jerusalem and he lets them know what can be expected to happen in Jerusalem. And what can ultimately be expected is that Jesus will be killed, but he is promising to rise again. And so that is a weighty conversation to have. Whether you're Jesus and you have to go through death by being brutally executed or whether you're one of the disciples who has left everything to follow Jesus, that's a weighty conversation for your rabbi to say, we're, we're on our way to Jerusalem and when we get there, I will be taken from you and killed. It seems like that would be a somber kind of thing that would leave everybody sort of walk, at some point walking in silence, really kind of contemplating What's going to happen? But as the story reads, Jesus gets done saying this is going to happen. And then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her sons and knelt down and asked Jesus to make her two sons in the hierarchy of things to be seated one on his left and one on his right when he enters this kingdom. And the funny thing, he's, he's been teaching about the kingdom. He's been telling parables about the kingdom. He's been describing the kingdom. 
and they're still expecting a different kind of kingdom. They have this inherent understanding of what the Messiah is going to look like. And Jesus looks like that person except for, except for the uprising part. Like, go get your knives and daggers and hatchets and plows and let's go to war part. Jesus is describing a kingdom that doesn't do that. But they still expect the Messiah to rise up and defeat their enemies, which in this case is the Roman Empire. And so if Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem for a showdown, then this is about to happen. And everybody better jockey for position, because once it gets going, it's not going to stop. So when the other disciples come to the understanding about what's happened with the sons of Zebedee and their mom, they get angry about it. And then Jesus simply lays out who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven as he responds to this tiff that's going on, this jockeying for position and the anger among the disciples. And Jesus says, and so certainly we need to take it to heart because Jesus is saying it, but Jesus is saying it to explain the hierarchy of God's kingdom and we, we don't live into this. Like, for some reason, we still think the opposite is true. But let's look at what Jesus says. I quote, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those in high positions use their authority over them. It must not be this way among you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Our cultures do not operate this way. Most of us live in cultures where trying to make this distinctions about how we are superior in some sort of way, a master at something in some sort of way, in order to climb up ladders and gain notoriety and increase wealth and increase influence are, are like paramount. Like this is even dominant in church culture. Like the goal is to be a celebrity pastor or the goal is to attend the biggest church in town. And I'm not saying any of that is wrong. I'm saying that's not the characteristics for greatness in God's kingdom according to the king of the kingdom. The criteria for greatness in God's kingdom is available to anyone. It doesn't require a person with money or a person with power or a person with influence or connections or whatever. It requires understanding that how we take care of each other is what matters in God's kingdom. Anybody can participate in that. 
when we're flipped over and trying to climb ladders, for us to win, somebody has to lose. We may have to step on some heads as rungs to the ladder that we're climbing up to get there, but when we get there, we'll sure do an awful lot of good. That's not how God's kingdom works according to the king of God's kingdom. How we take care of each other is how it works in God's kingdom. I quote again, It must not be this way among you. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let's give it some thoughts today as we observe ourselves and not just our actions, not just after we've done something and go, why did I do that? But the motives of the heart. Are we here to serve one another? Are we? Or are we here trying to get ourselves in a position that we can be served? Good things to think about. And Jesus, we invite you into those things because they are paramount things. You came to earth and began to reveal that life is from within. And this exterior life can't work without the interior one. And putting them back together so that a person can live true from within and without and be true that this is possible, that this is what you've come to do, that this is what you are offering to us. And when we participate in such a way that we have to arrange for everything and we have to climb ladders and we have to have certain levels of visibility, these things are fine. They can be achievements. They can be goals. But if we've lost the plot of the story that this is all boiling down to how we take care of each other, in your kingdom, then we're missing the point. Help us retrieve the point and move in the direction that is what your kingdom is like. And your kingdom is like you. May we be more like you today than we were yesterday. In the name of Jesus, we ask, Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is home base. Unless, of course, you're using the Daily Audio Bible app, which you can download free from the app store that is connected to your device. And then that's home base as well. And so uh, come to home base. Check it out. Check out the community section. This is where you can find links to the different social media channels that we participate in. And it is good to find that platform and follow along that way. Messages of encouragement and messages of the community will maybe, maybe show up in your feed. But it's a good way to stay connected. But there in the community section is also the prayer wall. And the prayer wall is a resource here that has been always on, never off for over a decade. It's always available to us. We can always go and pray for each other. 
we can always go and ask for prayer and share our stories, write them down, and watch as brothers and sisters come alongside of us to pray for us and encourage us. And so that is the prayer wall, and that is in the community section, and so check that out. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, if the mission here to bring the spoken word of God read fresh every day and offered freely to anyone, anytime, anywhere, and to build a community around that rhythm as we navigate our days and weeks and months and stitch them all together and make a year of it in community, if that is life-giving, then thank you for your partnership. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app the little red button up at the top, or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Good morning, family. This is Bridget from New York City. Today is January 26th. Um, I'm just excited uh, to share just what I am just sensing the Lord say in my spirit after Brian read um, Exodus. I love the Old Testament. It just shows you the heart of man um, and a lot of the heart of God. And um, I'm just blown away that when Moses approached the bush, right, God didn't say to him, you know, hey, I saw you and what you did to that guy in Egypt. You know, I, I, I saw what happened. He didn't bring up anything from the past. He just brought up that he is aware of, you know, his people and the cry of his people and how oppressed they are. And wow. I'm just blessed this morning because while we sometimes sit just focused on, you know, the past of ourselves or the past of other people, God does not even look at that. He just looks at the cry, the oppression, the cry of his people. So I just want to encourage you guys that God hears our cry. He hears us even when we don't know what to say, even when we don't know him, when we don't follow him the right way, when we don't seek him. It's not going to be perfect, but he knows he's called us and he knows his people's cry. Hallelujah. I pray that blesses you this morning. Love you guys. Bye. Good morning, Dabbers. This is Richard, a.k.a. Strong in His Grace. I was just going to reach out. I heard on, I was listening to the community prayer on January 21st. Wanted to reach out. There was a man, I didn't catch his name, but he is separated, going through a divorce. 
and wasn't able to see his kid. I just wanted to reach out to him and reach out to all men who are going through separations right now. All men here are going through divorces and they're not able to see their kids. Father God, I ask, ask you to touch them by your grace, Father God, and your mercy, Father God. And Father God, all those wounds, all those sores, those hearts, Father God, that you would heal them, that you would mend them, Father God, by your grace and your mercy, and that that your Holy Spirit would take control and give up, give those men hope through this prayer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you, Dabbers. Have a great day. Good morning, Dabbers. This is Duncan Holmes, the piano man, on the road in Gloversville, New York, where we're getting a lot of uh, snow. I'm on the road to play engagements here, but I'm finishing up on Saturday. This is the 27th, uh, 26th. Uh, pray for us. Um, it's been a great tour, but uh, we're heading home Saturday. And just pray that I can safely get home without any weather hazards or anything. I've done some nursing homes and I've done other, uh, I've done some uh, uh, two churches and a couple other places that I've played. I'm a pianist, as most of many of you know. Uh, my prayers go out for all of those broken-hearted people who've been uh, cheated on. I'm especially though praying for. Uh, my heart goes out to the lady who's wrestling with God and uh, um, dealing with a lot of issues right now. And uh, my heart's with you. I think we've all been there and done that, whether we want to admit it or not. Uh, Lord Jesus, this is very general. Take care. Heal, heal these broken hearts. Uh, woo them, Father, toward the forgiveness those who hurt them. It's going to take time and uh, a lifetime, maybe. And we, Lord Jesus, uh, be, be very, very present with them, Lord. And those who have all these illnesses they're battling with, I don't mean to be so general, but we have very little time. You know my heart, Lord. My heart goes out to them, but your heart goes out much even more. Thank you, Jesus. In your blessed names we pray. Amen. God bless you. I'll see you again when I get home. Hey, it's KB from Miami. I'm calling the ask for prayer because I need it right now more than ever. Um, the last week I've moved out of my family home because they've been stealing from me for some time now. And I found out and nobody wants to take responsibility. And honestly, they were stealing from me before I forgave them, and then it happened again. Even worse this time around, even after they knew I had nothing and I don't have a job. But I luckily, thanks to the Lord, got a little part-time, three-day thing that it's, it's gonna be able to get me to eat and find certain places to stay for for some time. But I'ma still need God's guidance and you guys' prayers to help me through this point of my life. I'm not gonna blame anybody from where for I am because I did have my own living arrangements that I did upon my own power lose from landing the enemy in and making me do things that are not me and are not godly and not something that God would want me to do. So because of those things, I lost. But I pray for guidance to 
to just make the smart decisions and not to be proud because I found myself with lots of money that I could have been a good steward of and I, I wasted it on, on things that weren't important. And now I find myself in this situation and I only blame myself. So I just ask you guys to pray for me and give me some, some extra prayers. Thank you, D.A.B. Good morning, D.A.B. family. I love you guys so much. I appreciate hearing God's word read fresh and new every day. I appreciate listening to your voices at the end of each podcast. You guys are my family. I love you. I just want to put a word out there for anyone feeling discouragement due to self-condemnation, addiction, mental illness. Um, you know, perhaps you've heard my story, but I've listened to Daily Audio Bible. I'm on year 17 now, and my life has been a roller coaster. I struggled with addiction and um compulsive disorders before Daily Audio Bible and searched for healing, begged, bargained, pleaded for healing and deliverance. I went to churches and seminars, uh, people who I thought maybe would say the magic prayer. I just want you to know that I don't know how because it's a miracle, but listening to God's word every day transformed me, healed me, delivered me. I can't explain it. I listened to God's word in terrible states of mind, but I knew it was alive. I knew to keep listening. And all of the struggles and trying to find a key to my prison door, to find deliverance, all of that work just... <laughs> It just went away. The struggle went away and pouring God's word into my life every day totally healed me. You guys stay in God's word. I can't explain it and you can't explain it, but it is God's word and it is alive. So hang in. Hey family, this is Eyes of a Dove. So I'm having a hard time. Um, I lost about 25 pounds or so just to get back down to a healthy weight real slow and um anyways it's caused a hard time with coffee coffee is making actually me more anxious and stressful and the lord's been talking to me about maybe switching off a of coffee to green tea it's hard i'm really addicted to coffee but it makes me a stress ball well on top of that my i don't know if you guys know but my mom has uh was diagnosed with a uh, bipolar schizophrenia um, oh, when I was very young and there was an incident involving me when I was little and her, uh, where she attempted to take my life and hers. Um, I love my mom. She's been medicated all these years, but in the last couple months, uh, she all of a sudden had a revelation that God healed her from the medication that she's seen. Her doctor said she could get off it, which none of the siblings really believe. And she's starting to get very manic and, uh, went to church with me and it was just very triggering and I just had a really hard time with it because I love my mom but it's hard to be around her without triggering and then this morning she sent me um, a six page message a message on revelation about dragons and how my daughter wears dragons on her shirt and mini me and that mini me will go to hell if she continues to wear these dragons on her shirt and it uh, because it's my only daughter 
It reminds me of me being that little girl when my mom brought up Revelation and tried to take my life. So this morning, I'm just really spinning. My brothers are stressed because they're helping to care for my dad who's got late-term Alzheimer's. And my mom and my dad live together with a walk-in nurse. And this will all be worked out in the Lord's hands. I just need peace in my heart to get through my work day. So I'm starting off my work um, feeling emotional, and I need shalom. I need the shalom.